0: Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon. We are the Carbon Sequestration Group. My name is Jasmine Mosbeck and together with Stephen Long and Angela Zerf- Zerflu-, Zerflu, we worked with John Duclises from the UNL Forestry Department and Pros from the Office of Sustainability on this project. So, the main challenge of the university in terms of our project is the issue of carbon emissions. On average, the University of Nebraska-Lincoln emits approximately 234,000 tons of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. According to John, that number may not be valid. That's okay. (laughs) Which include CO2, methane, and nitrous oxide. Um, Trees provide an ecosystem service by sequestering this carbon in the form of CO2, which is greenhouse gas. Uh, as worldwide CO2 emissions increase, trees are vital for the current and future health of the planet. Considering the current and future health of the university, the main challenge is determining how we can offset our carbon emissions, whether that be through carbon sequestration by trees or a combination of increased tree plantings and other carbon mitigation practices. So in order to tackle the challenge of offsetting the university's carbon emissions, we had to start by determining or how much carbon is already mitigated across campuses. So since we know that trees are natural sequesters of carbon, the goal of this research project was to evaluate UNL's carbon footprint and estimate the CO2 sequestered by campus trees to determine the net carbon footprint across campuses. So note, net carbon is the amount of carbon sequestered subtracted by the amount of carbon emissions. And this was in tons for our research project. In order to estimate the amount of CO2 sequestered by campus trees, we had a list of detailed goals that we detailed goals, that we tried to strive to accomplish by the following dates. So we began by collecting data from a 5% sample of trees on both city and east campuses, extrapolating that data across the entire tree strata, which was provided by the UNL landscaping services, and estimated the net carbon across campuses. We then created a list of possible carbon sequestration projects that the university could implement in order to reduce our net carbon footprint. So in terms of data collection, we measured the diameter and heights of randomly selected trees across city and east campuses using a measuring tape for the diameter and a pseudoclonometer for height. That, that was complicated. Then John input the diameter and height data into a program called ITREES, which automatically calculated the total amount of carbon sequestered by trees on campus. The ITREES pro- program was able to accomplish this by taking our small sample tree diameter and the height measurements and extrapolating this data to the entire tree strata on campus provided by UNL Landscaping Services. Again, The ITREES program then generated an ITREES report which determine the secondary benefits of canvas, that campus trees provide. Alright, so looking at some of the
1: results that this report pumped out, um, the key one we were after was the sequestration of the trees, which was um, calculated about 40 tons a year. Um, that was a lot lower than we were expecting given that we found we um, admitted uh, up to 34, tons. So really the effect there, um, if that number is accurate, um, is quite insignificant, less than a percent there. So that was a lot less than we were anticipating and a bit of a letdown, but um, on the right there are some other important numbers that were secondary benefits. Uh, benefits. Um, the big one there being the structural value, which essentially um, about $9 million. Relates to the fact that if you came and wiped out all the trees on campus, how much it would cost to replenish campus. Um, so that's a big figure there. Another one's a little bit less, um, you know, several thousand dollars, but the big one there being the structural value. Um, and of the trees, there was about 6,600 on campus. Um, our goal was 5%. Um, we only got about 1% given time constraints. Um, so, more trees would probably generate a more accurate number, but given what we had time to do, it was good data to collect. And then to highlight one more thing, just the student equivalent was about 10 tons per year per student. So, so that come um, handy Looking at this graph here, it's essentially just the top 10 sequesters of trees, or tree sequesters on campus. Um, the two big ones there being the swamp white oak and the northern red oak. Um, about two and a half tons uh, per year, um, and then just other ones are kind of a little bit less. And what does this all mean we it all together? Um, essentially, just means that one student, to create their effect, would take about four acres of trees. Um, given that we have about 25,000 students, that's about 100,000 acres of trees annually. Not exactly doable. Um, to plant that many every year would be nice, but not really feasible to do such a thing. So. What we figured out is this is not necessarily the solution, but it could be a part of the solution and combine this with other aspects to um, get towards the net carbon, reducing that number um, closer to zero than solely just the tree sequestration. So, these solutions we came up with um, kind of smarter placement trees, you know, picking trees that might sequester a little bit more, and then looking at where to place them in relation to building, whether it provide shade or wind blockage and help the building be more energy efficient. Um, And implement green energy systems like solar and wind power, um, as well as stormwater projects, green roofs, you know, grade water retention, things like that. Um, And, you know, plant more trees continually to build the campus that way. Um, Work with our energy source from Lincoln Energy Services to figure out where that's coming from and try and get more sustainable energy resources. Um, And then all this, it's more than just environmental, there's a lot of different impacts it can have, Um, you know, health, uh, aesthetics, health. So it's not just the pure environmental aspects we're looking at. And then this quick little graph, or <coughs> info chart, just kind of shows the effects of Heat Island with, um, with all the hardscape area on campus. If you kind of disperse some trees within there, it can decrease the radiated heat there and um, lower energy use um, given the heat reduction. So, another benefit to have trees planted
0: around. And then another solution. Um originally presented by John. Uh, this, or this, the goal of this type of solution is would be to identify Nebraska celebrities that own land in Nebraska. So Warren Buffett, uh, Tom Osborne, Larry the Cable Guy are such examples of celebrities. The university would then try and determine which UNL sports or events uh, for which these celebrities are well-known fans and determine specific carbon mitigation practices that would be required to make the event uh, carbon neutral. So in terms of tree plantings as a carbon mitigation practice, the university would plant the number of trees on a celebrity's land, the amount of trees on a celebrity's land to offset the carbon emissions from either one event, um, all home events, or all all events in general. So we would then recognize them during a halftime event or provide free box or sideline access. And if you're thinking that this is not doable, it is because the University of Florida has already done it. So
1: there's an incentive. And a few more future recommendations um, for people that are going to carry on this project and if we could redo it. Um, kind of just better uh, data collection, You'll get more trees involved, um, wider array of them, and uh, get accurate data. I feel like it was pretty accurate, but you know, it's going really be better. Um, and then just more information on the information or the gathering of information iTree uses. Um, we tried to track down some sources and we kind of found a cyclical effect, like there were reciting back to ITREES. So kind of just digging more into the, how they gather their information and the monetary values they okay. set on things would be nice to dig deeper into and just get a better understanding. Um, and then, you know, work more with UNL, or UNL sustainability um, on further projects to help promote these, these kind of things.
2: I do, of course. Could you go back to the tree graph? Mm-hmm. No, the graph. The, there you go. Um, do you know, cottonwood trees? They there are um. Cottonless, cottonwood trees, mm-hmm. and they're amazing how fast they grow. And they there'd be a great I got someone. I was living up in Norfolk, and we got him in one year. And by the and we were only there for like a year and a half after I bought it, and they were like nine feet tall. It was amazing how you know they went from like this to nine feet in like a year and a half. And so and they don't produce the cotton, which is people don't care for them. Um, summer, summer snow. Okay. The summer yeah, snow. Summer channel. Uh, so if you're going to, and you've spent some time looking at <coughs> like this, and you've been around for long long So if you had those sorts of trees, and considering the situation, and you talk about wind breaks and energy sorts of stuff, where would you plant? Where would you? What would you do? So for the conifers,
0: since they don't lose their leaves during the winter, you would most likely plant them on the northern sides of buildings as wind blocks. And then for, you know, trees that have foliage that go away during the winter, but have great foliage during the summer, you'd want to plant them, I forgot what side of the building. South, south,
2: I south, want to south know south. where you're going to plant my cottonwood trees.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the southwest side of the building. So it would provide shading. And then it would lower your energy cost because you wouldn't to have to cool your building as much.
2: So what happens when you drive down here, down 33rd Street, and you turn on... Latent. What do you see? So, you go down towards any TV, you go past okay. the gaming parks, you go to the next stoplight and you turn right. And what is it that you see? I was that. Hint, hint. There's all sorts of agriculture. I mean, there's that, there are fields it there. Out, yeah.
3: like, yeah, right. It's
2: outside of the yeah. You're tucked the acreage calculation, but right now. Right. So, I mean, you could, you could almost go in and start putting you kind of pseudo sort of windbreaks back in along the margins of the campus because be places I mean there's certainly plenty of places where you could plant more trees and I'm curious to know how the how cottonwood tree would fit into this could they grow tall they grow fast and how much you could how, how much that might increase your sequestration on campus just, just quick you guys probably don't
3: remember this so you know cottonwood isn't showing up on here because it's not planted much so mm-hmm. this is actually so much of the top ten trees right and what's actually kind of sad for us for campus is I think it's apple and pear are um, almost 15% of the total trees and you can see kind of where apple falls out at that 1.5 so you're spot on the cottonwood is going to be up there with the swamp white oak and so you know one tree you know, so or, you know, you plant one cottonwood for two apple, we'll get that result. So, but uh, yeah, cottonwood were
4: on here, you know, with that swamp bio for annual sequestration. If the goal of tree plantation is to sequester carbon, right? But I think we plant trees for various trees and try to do some diversity. There. Mm-hmm. I
5: Yeah, I'm in the landscape architect for campus, so Mm -hmm. the reason why we don't plant cottonwood trees is because they grow so fast, they're weak-wooded, they break off, they, you know, hit buildings, cars, people, so... That's um, a problem? (laughs) But you could plant them in an agricultural, just, you know, do that. Although, that agricultural land, they won't let us do anything to, because they have so many years of documentation of it for farming. So they, can't, they won't let you do that. I mean, I'm just trying to be real. No, right? no. I, I mean, I it's a student project. That's a good idea, but that's yeah. a real reality. Yeah. So, um, and the apple on there is actually crab apple. So those are small trees. You know, those are ornamental trees to make campus look nice. So, um, and that's going down, you know, that number, because as they get older, we haven't been planting them. Um, what what was your other question? Did I miss it?
4: How do we select?
5: Well, we select trees. Um, we've been watching how we um, want to diversify the campus more so lately, the last five years or so, mainly because we're a tree campus now, and they ask us to figure that out every year, you know, for the application when we apply. So we've been trying to plant a lot more diverse trees, and we the t- highest used to be on there was the pine and the ash, and those are going down because both of them are having problems. Mm-hmm. And so we've been you know getting more oaks in and more other things, and that's why we get. I don't know what your source is for this. I trees. At yeah, This I-tree? was
1: the report that got published. <clears throat> it was like a thirty-page report that gave us this infographic about. She's talking about
4: where you got the tree data. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah, the campus. data, the GIS.
5: Okay. So, but Rama. You know,
3: this is a number
4: of trees.
5: Oh, okay. So Rama gave it to me. Okay. Yeah. So that this is, is just it. A, Yeah. Sequestration okay. power of each tree, right? Okay. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The power of each tree, not the quantity. Yeah. No. no. Okay. No. So if you look at the quantity the and the top top diversity, today, yeah. 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 So like, yeah, the Austrian pines mm-hmm. up there higher than swamp I'm surprised that. Swamp white oak is higher than the other oaks. Uh, well, that, that surprises me. Like, why is swamp white oak better at carbon than, you know, like pin oak? or We don't plant right. pin oak anymore, but we're oak. All... The
3: right. oaks and oaks are always going to come up a little bit higher. Their carbon nitrogen ratio in their leaves is very high. So, low nitrogen, high carbon. But so they don't break it down very quick. They're unpalatable. So it's an ecological defense of oh, the tree. Right. Bugs don't eat it because it's just it's too much work in yeah. their gut to process. So with that very high carbon ratio of the annual growth of the leaves, of course they drop them in the fall. But yeah. yeah. Oh, I I know trees
2: can be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to the t- go forward a couple slides, just hold on. Let me see which one I want. Go back to that last one. Um, keep going. Oh. Oh. You said something about accuracy. Yeah. So how do you know that this eye trees thing has any bearing in real reality in terms of that it's being close to being? There's the word, accurate. How do you know? We don't really know. This is what the campus used,
1: and this will Looked that into. So, I mean, we, just, we had a multitude of sources. We tried to look at a couple of them. but I guess ultimately we don't
3: know how accurate.
1: But it's yeah. only a model, right?
4: Right. It the conversation starter. Right. The and goal I'm, is not to find the accurate, exact number. It's, it's a starter. It's, it, it brings out something that is not there right now. It is, and I think if you go into your um, your
3: citations for this, um, this is a U.S. Forest service research with. Um, was at Syracuse. So the, the modeling is actually very good. What we ran into trouble with, and you can see this whole list of uh, when we tried to dig down and to find uh, the core calculation of how they're doing it, you just can't find it anywhere in any of the citations. And that's what they meant by circular. Every citation we find was kind of circular, refer back to program, but we couldn't actually find the citation that listed the uh, formulas that they were using. So it is, it is kind of very widely recognized, and most communities in the United States actually use this program to as their inventory uh, growth monitoring maintenance type of program. So it's well-respected, well-accepted, but from a research standpoint, that my money's a manager failed, that you, know, you have no idea what the, your actual program is and how it's it. And the thing is that
0: it was
2: done by public—it should be in the public domain.
3: Kind of is. You uh that's why if they couldn't get into it, you have to apply for
2: access to a program. But I mean even right for or even a calculation yeah. to be if someone has oh, done right. the research that is yeah. was out there in a publication someplace where they showed that, you know, yeah i trees is equal to something. Right. You know, that they or the, the formulas, I mean where you're measuring at a certain height and looking at the well, is, is interesting.
3: Yeah, and I think it's partly because it was done with Davy Tree, which is a private company. So, again, I, that's why I had to run the calculations because as the Nebraska Forest Service, they granted me full access to it. And, but if these guys had applied, I don't know, did you guys try applying even
2: for access? They, they would have been denied. So, so I, yeah. It's kind of like statistics. You got SAS and SPSS and stuff, and they yeah. still they have are all their own different algorithms. They're supposedly using the same statistics, but they end up with different results. Yeah, depends, you know, yeah. Kind of
4: yeah. yeah. The, the other question I had was, you know, so the sample size was what five percent of the total increase. The sample size would have increased. Do you think there'd be more accurate numbers? I think that's, that's the logical to think. Yeah, so there wouldn't be as
1: much range for extrapolation of ponds and water. So
0: what would your ideal
1: sample
4: size be? had a
0: lot of time to do it well we didn't even get five percent so yeah. maybe start with that mm-hmm. and then see if we can manage anymore yeah. about two yeah, yeah about we got about two percent
4: so the current database that we have right now that's made in the landscape services that does not take into account the girth of the tree and the height Right? it does not you to go out that's and do that, the same
3: yeah so the problem with the the data is one it's not current two for some reason, and I think I was talking to you, the, the diameters were measured at three foot instead of four and a half, which is kind of how the tree growth formulas are based on. Um, and I think we're if we did this again, and I think if you guys are going to be doing the measurements this year, the distance to building and location um, would have given us some very interesting numbers. Uh, we would have got good data back. Uh, energy use or energy savings for building because we didn't collect that, we weren't able to get it. So, um, I think we've got some very kind of fun numbers back from that in terms of just dollars and energy cost savings. And if uh, uh, you guys do do that inventory this summer, then yeah, we're,
5: we're currently doing the inventory of <coughs> in the trees, but yeah. I don't know what measure height they're measuring. The yeah. Diameter. Yeah. And I know that we're not measuring the distance because that's okay. not our goal of the project, our yeah. goal is to figure out you know, the condition of all the trees on the campus, and the size of them. Yeah. If you have the GP, if you really have them located, okay you
1: overlap, like, a building or something?
5: Yeah, like I think you could get them by, you know, they're, they're pretty work accurate work. on the plan, but it would take a
4: lot of work to get them. You can measure them. Yeah. So my, my question is very general. So if, if, let's say, the city of Lincoln wants to do this project, um, with the process you've been through, how confident are you with the process and do you think the city should be looking towards doing this
0: If we gave them the monetary values probably. Yeah. Um for like the whole city of Lincoln? Or just the I just get it started there? at some areas, you
4: know. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> the reason I asked is because I forwarded, you know, this invitation to the city people also and he asked he wanted to be here first, I'm talking Frank. With our city assistant person. He couldn't be here, but he's very interested, and he wanted me to forward your presentation to him. So maybe they'll get back to you with that. Forward on the video. The possibility. I have the video. Yeah. No. And, and but before we even get there, I really want the students to feel confident about this process and whatnot. Otherwise, we're just sending them to fail So I'm just asking you, how confident you are with the process? Do you feel like you've learned something because of this opportunity and you know, are we ready to take it to the city level?
0: I think so. We would just have to decide how fast we want to do it, because that would determine how much manpower you would need. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> it takes but, a while to measure that.
4: Even all the, you know, obviously, it looks like it's a multi-year project. Yeah.
2: But they do have a city, for, I mean a city forester yep. group that when they would go out, they could just. The, you uh, measure a few trees. You measure a few trees every day, and pretty soon you've got a pretty good sized database exactly. as you as you go through things. But again, the, the
4: the the reason why we wanted to do this, I think, is still valid. We'd mm-hmm. like to know the net emissions, and this does sequester carbon. Mm-hmm. And the data out there is not.
2: We don't have that data out there. Yeah. It, at this uh, conversation start. You no, know, oh, yeah. getting back to the conversation started. Getting back to that term accuracy. Yeah. The thing is, is that you are, you came up with what, 40,000, 40, tons, what was your number? 40 tons. 40 tons, that's for the whole campus. Mm-hmm. But even, even, if, even if your results are off by an order of magnitude, the amount that we're sequestering via trees versus how much we're producing clearly indicates that we, it's not on the sequestration side you're going to need to make progress, it's going to be on the production side that is really where you've got to look at the, I mean, in that context, orders, of, I mean, three orders of magnitude, three or four orders of magnitude is a big, is a big difference, and it really doesn't matter how accurate per se it is, it's, it's way out of that And actually, the good news on this is, kind of the way that we ended up doing it is, we, we basically kind of grew the trees rather than
3: allowing the uh, internal to 7 percent, and so we were actually the data sets were with 95 um, percent confidence interval plus or minus 10 percent. So the true number should be somewhere between 36 and 44 tons. So, yeah. so actually, in terms of the order of magnitude, actually very good, or that's a very good. Number, so,
2: well, in order of magnitude, yeah. be 400. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So but, you're still, you're still way, 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 way short compared oh, to the you number. Know. But again, it does indicate that you, where you need the work is in is in how much you're producing versus how much you're going to potentially sequester on a uh,
4: here. And um, also, I think you know when you were presenting this poster a few weeks ago, I think some of the folks had some other interesting comments or observations. So would you like to share that with us? I
0: remember Thomas Powers was really, if you guys remember, he was really adamant on asking about the soil and how much carbon the soil sequestered, which
2: was <laughs> And that's an interesting thing because when you start thinking about the root base, because I'm assuming that the tree the this is just doing above ground storage. No, it's doing total. It's doing total storage. Doing total. So, oh. so, right, so your refined repairs um, turn over in about a four week
3: process. So, you're correct. The amount of carbon soil, carbon stored in soil by the roots is actually pretty massive. It's, it's almost equal to the above ground. Uh, it's about a 60 40 split. So, yeah.
2: Did you look at other sustainable landscaping potential solutions such as reducing the amount of turf and adding more normal areas or more prairie areas? Um, I've done, looked into that in other
1: classes, you know, nat- natural uh, agriculture and then, you know, directing runoff so you can harvest it and use it to irrigate lawns. Um, we didn't dig into it too much on this project. We are kind of focusing on the carbon. But um, another class I had looked in a little bit of that, like we went I toured a tour to Life or a class. They're lethal and they harvest all their water on site. They filter the groundwater and use it to irrigate the green roofs and then back onto their lawns. Um, and They use a lot of natural. Um, and all that is to reduce their need for irrigation, so definitely something that the campus could do could be a big help.
0: And I'm in a great infrastructure class. I've learned a lot about stormwater projects, and there's a few going on on campus right now. Hopefully they are successful, but those would be a good way to worry about stormwater, which impacts Lincoln pretty significantly.
2: So. so I don't want to break up this conversation you keep having it. I'd like those forms. I'm going to go down and listen to Mike. Horrisburg is speaking at 2 o'clock downstairs, and you're welcome to continue this conversation
0: if anything to um, leave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but if I could get your forms. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
5: <clears throat> I'll just leave you alone. <laughs> no, so, thank you very much. It was <laughs> again.